Hello, and thanks for listening to JoJo's Bizarre Podcast. Hello. My name is Mark, and that voice you heard right there was Jackie. Hello, Jackie. Jackie. Uh, Jackie is subbing in for Miles this week. And myself. And herself. Jackie is going to be doing two parts uh, Mm -hmm. this week, so that means that so far she has said hello while I was introducing the show, and now she will uh, be herself. Those are the two things, right? Yeah. Okay. That's a Miles thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I was wondering why you said it like that. (laughs) That's a Miles thing. Yeah. Uh, We are a podcast that uh, used to talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the anime from 2012, but uh, right now that show is, let's just say it's on hiatus while we sit around and wait to hear what's going to happen with part six, as it is announced, but no release date has been given. Very few details have been given, but it is a thing, apparently. Uh, So these days we are watching other anime uh, recommended to us by our listeners or sponsored by our supporters over on Patreon. Uh, which, of course, to plug that is patreon.com slash jjbpod. And this week we watched uh, Blast from the Past, throwback OVA slash anime movie Project Aiko uh, from 1986, which you can find online. We did it. We did it. There's a. Uh, you know, you can get it on Amazon. It's on YouTube. It's on an app that uh, was showed to us called Retro Crush. Um, hell, it's out there. So, if you want to see some old anime, I guess... I guess, you know, there's 70s anime. But if you want to see some 80s anime, you can do it. Anyway. Before we talk about the Project Aiko. We should take a stop in Project G-Co. And by that... You mean Gmail? Why we're, G? We're going to Gmail. Should have, it should have been E for email. E-Co? Yeah. Oh, well, it's Gmail. You know? But it's E-Mail, Mark. Uh, well, whatever. Have you, maybe, heard, maybe, of, have you heard of email? Maybe you have a rocket mail address, but I use Gmail. <laughs> um, and by that, I mean right now we're going to read emails sent to us by our listeners. Not too many this week. Uh, Electronic mail. Yeah. Or Google mail. We shouldn't be talking about mail at all because this is a movie that stars three ladies. This show is sponsored by Google. We wish. Yeah. Nah, I don't know. (laughs) You can keep your dirty money, Google. No, we want it. This is a Bing podcast. We want the dirty money. No, I want that Bing. I I don't even want their (laughs) money. I want their Bing points so I can get a bunch of Starbucks cards. Okay. Um, anyway, these are emails sent to jojosbizarrepod at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to write in if you have something to say about uh, this episode or a show we are planning to watch or something about JoJo's that we haven't been asked before. So you have to listen to every episode to do that. Yeah. Uh, this first email is from Preston. And the subject line is why I enjoy you. Hey guys, my name's Preston and I'm from the wild lands of Michigan. As I may be sort of a new listener, I'm a pretty intense fan. I listen to you as I go throughout my workday. That's eight hours of you guys every day since I discovered you, and I'm now on the Hunter Hunter app. Oh, maybe this is where Preston stops listening. (laughs) You all have amazing takes on the shit that happens, even if I can't help but disagree, mostly with Jackie, but that's what makes these sort of podcasts amazing. I feel as though it starts my three brain cells firing and I want to join in on your discussion. Your dynamic between hosts is amazing, and it helped me get courage to start my own cast. Don't worry, no plug here. 
To finish, I have to say that Hunter x Hunter eventually fits all the points you guys would want, but it's much slower, it gets way darker, and the battle system and mind games are fantastic. Mm. If you guys don't feel like watching the whole thing, if I might suggest watching the fight against Razor in the Greed Island arc. It has teamwork, amazing planning, and intense emotion. Sorry if this was long, but I'm working my way to catch up and couldn't help but say something about Hunter x Hunter. Sincerely, Preston. P.S. Every time I close my eyes, I wake up, go to work, and listen to JJD Pod <laughs> eight hours continuously. Woo! Wow. I hope, uh, I hope, and then Preston included a, a plug to their podcast, which We're not. we may listen to. Maybe. But we cannot pass on. We also can't promise anything. We, we, we promise nothing, and we deliver almost nothing. But eight hours, I hope, uh, I hope Preston's not like a teacher, you know? Like a middle school teacher <laughs> like doing something where of, you like actually need to be paying attention yeah you know or like uh, <laughs> air traffic control yeah there's just a bunch of people like uh, talking about how you know they spilled their drink or uh what this anime character has pointy boobs or something i think you can be an air traffic controller and listen to a anime podcast no you can't why not you have to be very very tuned in i believe but you you can listen to things I don't know. It's a, apparently a very intense job. If you screw up at all, things go um, very poorly. Okay. But you get paid bank. That's good. I'm selling you good on this. Good for you, Preston. <laughs> I'm selling you on this because I am going into air traffic control school. Okay. Which I, I've already decided that, that that's what Preston does is he's the air traffic control. Well, let's look up average salary for that, actually. <laughs> you said they make banks, so... It better be bank. I l- guys, I made the mistake of looking up the average salary of a CEO. Don't do it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I was like, they make a lot of money. How ridiculous is... Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's, it's such a dynamic thing, though, because there are some companies where the CEO takes like a huge, huge share of yeah. the profits, and there's some where they don't, and, and I don't for, know. For the top... like. Well, for like the Fortune 500 or whatever, like the top companies, they make like a million dollars a year. Yeah. What? <laughs> and right. then for like a smaller company, they still make like $500,000 a year. What? Fuck out of here. Yeah, really? Maybe I should be a According CEO. According to ZipRecruiter.com, <laughs> air traffic controllers average salary in the United States, at least it's somewhere in the 70,000s. Okay. So not bank. It's a it's a good job. It's, it's a, a solid, solid job. Solid job, and it depends on the state, to be honest. Because some of these yeah, states, true. like seventy thousand dollars in Kansas, seventy one thousand dollars a oh, year in Kansas. That's rich, probably. South Carolina seems yeah. really good to me. Yeah, true, true, true. But uh, not exactly like I'll do that job good, mm-hmm. because quite frankly, I don't think I'd get through too many you, shifts you'd without. You'd fall asleep. I too would easily. zone out. I would be yeah. thinking about something, and a, and a plane would hit another plane <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> Or yeah. wait, no, no. You know what it is? What? What would you do? Who's the a... person who waves the sticks? I mean, okay. I don't know. Air... I, I'm picturing an anime girl, though. It, that's weird. Uh, I feel like they do that a lot in anime. They wave like the the air traffic sticks. No, we just saw that last week. In uh, if my pop favorite pop idol made it to the Budokan, I would die. Oh, they okay. They wave the king the king saber. But I do I do feel like I see like wiggly girl arms waving air traffic. I don't to, know. I around. I think you've seen one thing that that has really burrowed itself in there. Okay. But I'm sorry, air traffic control could be the tower. Mm-hmm. You know, and and again, that job is really important because you could tell one plane, yeah, take off, and they slam into a plane. But there, I don't know the name for someone who actually like waves the sticks around. <laughs> control. 
I don't know. Stick waving why are job. You, why are you thinking about that job? Do you want it? Because I feel stupid that I said they make bank and they don't really make bank. So I'm hoping the people who wave the sticks get paid even more. Okay. I don't think that's their only job. I think their like job is not like wave sticks, you know? Well, I mean, yeah. But look, here's a question on Quora. What's the reason behind paying air traffic controllers so much? What's so hard about waving an orange wand? Oh, so that's what they are? I guess they are air traffic controllers. Oh, I was thinking like the people sitting in the in the booth. Uh, I think that, well, that's part of all the same industry. Mm. It's all the same team. Okay. And the answer on Quora is from a pilot and aircraft owner who says uh, that that is a high stress job with a ton of responsibility mm. and they don't get paid, quote, so much. Mm-hmm. Anyway. The pilot's like, I make more money. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he also has a lot of responsibility, I think. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for writing, Preston. We hope you don't cause any planes to hit each other. Thanks for disagreeing with me, Preston, but you're still nice about it. Yeah. I mean, I disagree with you a lot of the time on here, too. Uh, you know, but I there's there's people that like me <laughs> that listen to this podcast. Oh, yeah. I also, so. I also sometimes am on the... I'm alone on my side of the fence with yeah. the two of you on the and other me side. And Miles are like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then halfway about, through, dude? I'm like, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but I only really figure it out until the edit. And sometimes I'm still right. We can each re- represent a different viewpoints for our listeners. You know, we don't always agree. And that's good. Yeah, no one, no one wants to hear a show. Or I hope no one wants to hear a show where just a bunch of people going, oh yeah, I agree. And then you as yeah, a listener. Totally. And then you as a listener are also like, yeah, I agree with these people. Yeah. Well, and that's great because this this, this uh, lines up with my contrarian uh, personality. I don't know about personality, but I, sometimes I'm a contrarian. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, I just hear somebody make an argument and I'm like, I don't know if that holds water. And it's like, I have no dog in the fight. I don't need to say anything. But sometimes I'm just like, I don't think that's true. And I'm just going to argue the other I, way I around. I do that sometimes too, but yeah. y- you're meaner about it. Oh, I don't try to be mean. No, you're not mean. I'm, I don't know. You don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it when you do it. I only uh, like it okay. when I do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. That checks out then. Now I feel normal. Um, okay. Jackie, can you read the other email? Yes. This email is from Chad. Subject line is Project Hey. Is that a reference to Aloha JJB Pod Ohana? Oh, we're a family. Um, I'm excited to hear what you all have to say about this, this surprisingly formative anime from my past. I originally watched Project Aiko when it came out dubbed in English on VHS. I was 11 and had no real clue what to expect. I don't even know if I'd hear about it besides just recognizing it was a Japanese cartoon in a store bin with a couple of other similar looking tapes. My choices were MD Geist, Tokyo Dominion Tank Police, and Eugen Brand. That last one turned out to be a borderline hentai, so bullet dodged. If you watched the dub, congratulations. I'm sure it wasn't easy since it's from almost 40 years ago and hasn't aged particularly well as far as scripts and performances go, but that's kind of how we all had to get licensed anime outside of Japan for a while. If you watch the sub, then here are some voice connections that I found. The voice of Eiko doesn't have any JoJo ties, but has been the voice of Dragon Ball character Android 18 in all of her anime and game appearances. 
Biko's voice also has no JoJo ties, but was originally voice of Sailor Jupiter, my personal favorite Sailor Sen- Sendai. Um, that's Chad's favorite, not mine. Um, speaking of the Sailor Senshi, the voice of Seiko also has no JoJo ties, but was er- the original voice of Sailor Mars. I would not have guessed that. Um, hmm. a- Alien Spy D shares her voice with part three anime, part three enemy stand user fake Captain Tennille, stand name Dark Blue Moon. Um, drunken alien Captain Napolipolita. Napolipolita? Drunken <laughs> alien Captain Napolipolita shares her voice with the cyborg assassin Dordo in Bow the Visitor OVA. Well, I want to say a big mahalo to the hosts for giving me the option to throw $15 at them to watch old anime as a weird way to celebrate getting older. Once again, take care, stay safe, and mahalo, Chad. P.S. Project Aiko has a ton of references to other anime, ranging from Fist of the North Star to Captain Harlock. So it's worth rewatching to try and catch them. Cool. Thanks, Chad. Happy birthday, Chad. Chad, happy birthday. I know we missed it a bit. And, uh... Miles couldn't be here because he doesn't love you. No, that's not what it is. I no. mean, well, I'm not sure Miles is capable of love, but <laughs> that's true. It's so it's nothing personal. Um, and next episode we record, it'll be after my birthday. Ah, so we have similar birthdays, Chad. We should do a birthday episode for you, Mark. Well, I don't know. My birthday is going to be on like a Thursday. So we pick an episode. Uh, we'll pick a show that you like a lot, and we'll talk about it for your birthday. All right, we have to watch. Cream lemon. What is that? You'll find out later. Is that a hentai? Yeah, it is. It's important. It's very relevant to the show. Um, what? <laughs> I'm serious. It, we'll we'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, Chad. I looked up some of these these voice connections, and it's funny because Aiko plays Android 18. Yes, in everything. Like, if you mm. look at, is it Amy Shinohara or it's someone else? Maybe. Um. It's like. Wow, she is just, she must just be like, just walk out her door and just like checks, just like residuals just like fall mm. into her, her house. And she's like, well, I don't need to go anywhere. Fuck it. You think Android 18 makes that much money? I, I mean, she's like one of the bigger side characters, not, you know, she's not a Saiyan, I don't think. I don't know. I don't know Dragon Ball lore, but I know no. I, she's not like, she, her name doesn't start with Go, um, mm. but she's important. But she has and, a number at the end of her name. There's 17 other androids. Yeah, but the only big ones are like Android 18 and Android 17. And okay. then like, I think that's it. Okay. I fine. could be wrong. Um, Wait a minute. Android 18, 17. One of them is like a big dude. Oh, that might be 16. Sorry. The voice actor for Aiko is Miki Ito. And that was the first time I had to record that. Um, Yeah. So she, she I, I don't know. I just have to think though that even if it's. Not that big a role. She's in so many things and she has enough lines that that I think she's probably cleaning up. Um, something else here, Chad. I'm surprised you missed this, but uh, a small part, the character Ume, who apparently is also a reference, I think, to... Uh, I think Urusei Yatsura. Who's Ume? Ume is one of the henchmen for Biko. She's one of the girls. Mm. Uh, is like the, one of the first roles that Megumi Hayashibara has. Um, Megumi Hayashibara famously played um, Rei in Evangelion, mm. and I believe Faye in Cowboy Bebop. 
Oh, wow. She And she does, yeah. And she Wait, does, Ray and Faye are the same voice? I believe so. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and she she's also uh, an accomplished singer. She did, I think, the Love Hina theme and a bunch of other music. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Love Hina, she's a big role in that. Um, Pokemon. I, I don't know if she has a huge role in Pokemon, but she's... Uh, oh, right. She's Jessie in Pokemon. Oh. And yeah, she's, she's Ray and Faye. And female Ranma. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is like just one of her first roles. It's just this bit part. I don't even know. She apparently uh, auditioned for all of the main girls. Mm. And they were like, you'll never be anything. Aww. No, I don't know. They didn't. She just didn't. She just didn't get the part. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, we don't need to take a break, right? No, we don't. Let's power through power anyway before we actually dive into the anime that we've been teasing you about we should stop for a second and talk about patreon patreon as you know is a way for podcast losers to make money if you go to patreon.com slash jjbpod you can enable us to do just that um we have a few different tiers and support starts at a dollar so all you have to do is just go through the steps just click a few buttons and then just ignore the patreon receipts that you get uh, and you'll give us a dollar a month, and that helps us cover our costs. Yeah, thank you. Believe it. Uh, at $3 gets you a personal, heartfelt thanks from me. Like this. Ya boy. So thank you very much to Aaron, Robin, Omar, Jumbo, Katie, Bloof, Mickey, Nocturnal, Mr. Jackpots, Kaden, Nick, Josh, Austin, Tim, Tyler, Martin, Michael, and Chad, of course, Chad. Birth- bah, 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 bah. Birthday boy, Chad. Um, it's your birthday. Yeah, thank you all very much. I never know how to dismount from saying thank you to everyone. But yeah. Yeah. Guess what? It's those two words again. Thank you. Also, we have uh, a tier where you get to do what Chad did this week and other people have done in weeks prior and will do in weeks future, which is for $15, you can sponsor an episode and we will watch the anime that you choose. Generally, we try to keep it to around three episodes of a show, but sometimes we'll do more. Sometimes we'll watch a movie. You know, don't don't try to be, you know, don't be demanding. Don't be like, you have to watch all of Hunter Hunter up to the, the, the bugs or whatever it is. Yeah. No one's done that, you know, but... Um, we could revisit Hunter Hunter. People, I think, want us to. We will, but we now have such a backlog. Like, yeah, we uh, well, uh, we have we, we you know we have the Patreon picks, which I do like. I enjoy doing those, yeah. not just because it's money, but because people it's, pick good stuff. Yeah, people have good taste, and they like force us to watch stuff that we've heard about, and they put us on to stuff that we would have definitely looked over. Mm. Um, and so that's really fun. And uh, I think, remember we did that end of the year poll and it was voted that we would watch more of Doro Hedoro mm-hmm. and we haven't done that yet. And then we also oh. were like, oh yeah, we'll watch, you know, because I made a mistake and I said that Revolutionary Girl Utena was up there. Yeah. But we can also watch some more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because someone, I don't remember if it was during this episode but we or if it was a video we saw, but they mentioned stuff coming up in Revolutionary Girl Utena that sounded interesting. Mm. Um. But yeah, hey, if anything I said, uh, if there's anything we don't have plans to watch that you think we should, 
Patreon.com slash JJBpod. Get your pick in now before Stone Ocean actually comes out. You can also just email us, but it, you know, we'll put it on a list and it, you know, eventually maybe we'll get to it. But if you give us your Patreon money, then it's closer to the top of the list. It's very much closer to the top. That list of recommended titles is pretty long. Yeah. And every now and then someone will sponsor one of the ones and then I'm like, good, cross that off. Yeah. But we (laughs) haven't gotten to, well... I don't want to make fun of anyone's pick, but every now and then I see one and I'm like, we're not watching that, are we? Why? Because if it's one that like one person picked. Yeah. I'm just like, man, there's some of these have been repeats. Yeah. Sometimes someone sponsors it or I'm just interested in it. Yeah. And if it doesn't fit into those categories, I'm just like, yeah. One day if we really run out of stuff. That's the thing is you have to like go to Japan and like turn off the anime faucet yeah they have to stop making anime so we can get it get to all these other recommendations i wish they would do that with like video games sometimes so i could be like Mm. finally i will play secret of mana i will understand all the hype Mm. i promise i'll get through it because you know armageddon happened and all we have is super nintendo Mm. um so it's a post-apocalyptic utopia yay but you can't you can't does that even exist? You can't have a post-apocalyptic utopia. Uh, one could argue that's the only way to get to utopia. For mm. in death, there is peace. Okay. For us all. Cool. All right, let's uh, talk about this anime. <laughs> Listeners, for $50 a month, I will destroy the planet. <laughs> I will murder all of us. No. Um. Okay, to talk about this anime, right. So it is an older anime, as you haven't heard people talk about it in a long time, but uh, it is a beloved show, or it turned into a show, basically. This is a movie. It's about 83 minutes long. Was it always planned to be a show? I don't know. And it became, it seems like it was all OVAs. It was never like put on TV as a regular thing. I think they did about four or five of them, and they all just came out. um, I don't know if the other ones came out in theaters. They just all seem to be you know, for home, uh, longer form uh, anime productions. I'm sorry that I, that I have a lot of maybes and uhs in this because there's not a lot written about Project Echo, strangely. It's okay, Mark. Uh, well, you know, sometimes I listen to something on a podcast and people don't have any background and I'm like, you, what are you, what are you yeah. guys doing? Don't do this. So there's not a lot of info out about it? There's not the kind of deep dives that I was hoping for. Mm. Um, there's not the easy cheat mode that usually I get to pull from. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, so this is a movie that came out in 1986, and it's sort of a, not, I don't want to say slapstick, but it is very silly, over the top. Yeah. It's kind of sci-fi, but mostly I think the the category that it most closely is is, is just uh, comedy. Comedy. And, you know what, it's action. There's definitely a lot of action in here. A little bit of drama. Oh, uh, yeah. I think there's drama. Not, technically. <laughs> bare minimum it's it's got everything kind of it's got action it's got drama it's got comedy it's got love romance i again i think those last terms are where it gets real loose um <laughs> but yeah this this was it's not got babes this is an original anime it's not based on any existing work this kind of makes sense because when you watch it it barely feels like there's it a does, plot it kind of doesn't yeah it's written like the the writing credits on this are the person who directed it the the director of animation and a voice actor. I don't think she's in this, though, but Tomoko Kawasaki uh, has a writing credit on here. I think they were just having fun. 
Yeah, that that's kind of what it they feels like. They were just like. having fun, and they were like, let's make an anime. Let's make it really fun. The people who worked on this also worked on Urusei Yatsura, a beloved uh, anime from the 80s. I believe Gundam Zeta uh, and Macross. Or there's overlap with the voice actors, at least. This came out in when? 86 in Japan. Oh. In theaters. Um, and it came out in theaters in Japan? Yeah. It played also with the the shorter animation called Going on a Journey, Ami, Final Chapter, uh, which is a a short film about Ami from the Cream Lemon Hentai uh, anime series. And the reason why, perhaps, is because this movie was originally going to be part of that anime, that hentai anime series. It was mm. going to be part of... Wait, what was? Eiko? Uh, yeah. It was going to be part of a hentai? Part oh, of a wow. hentai OVA series called Cream Lemon. Oh. Um, Interesting. But then they were like, nah. They were like, let's just do something more silly and fun and, mm. and I guess all ages friendly. I mean, it's there's definitely some adult-ish stuff in here, yeah, but nothing but fine. Nothing crazy. There's I not would, a lot of gore. I would let a kid, I would let 11-year-old Chad watch this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's, it's better than whatever that other thing, something the brand Eugen, the brand? I don't know. That that I don't know about that. Um and uh it certainly the fact that it's supposed to be it was going to be part of hentai. Uh, and by the way, Cream Lemon, all I know about it is that it's a sister and stepbrother uh mm. relationship. So there you go. Um but we watched a YouTube video that was like behind the scenes of this. Yeah, it's good. Look it up. Project like, Aco Secret File. If you like Project Aco, watch the secret file on YouTube. We didn't watch all of it. You kind of skimmed through it. Yeah. Well, I didn't care that much about like I like the soundtrack on this a lot. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like need to see the singers talking and then the announcer guy in Japanese is trying to make cute jokes. I think it's cool. It was a fun blast from the past to see some crimped hair on yeah. a lady singing about, you know, your dreams. Yeah, follow your dreams, man. Um I can't the soundtrack of this OVA has no business being this good there are def, there were definitely parts of it where I felt like someone just discovered a drum machine the music is really good I would I would listen to it just like for the, yeah during the day for the most part and maybe I'll drop it in here because we'll definitely have music at the beginning and end but there's like a musical sting that they use when like a bad guy shows up. That's mm. like dern dern dang. Yeah. Dern dern dang dern. Bad and things it just, it's, happening. It's just so thick and and uh, and and heavy duty. Everything should have music like this. And then they have music with like finger picked acoustic guitar that sounds like. You, you hear it and you're like, isn't this a popular 80s song that I know? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it sounds that well produced. And it's apparently by two American dudes who have Italian names. Um, the music is by Richie Zito and Joey Carboni. Yeah, so the music is, it's, it's like the most 80s music. If someone was like, what did music sound like in the 80s? You could just open Palm Slam, a VHS of Project Aco into uh your player and that's it you would just have them drop into any part of this soundtrack and it would be like got it okay Mm -hmm. this is it um 
if you are if you are on the fence about watching this or you're like, I don't know, I don't want to watch some weird app or a bad YouTube crit, a bad YouTube rip or something. They are once again, they've released it on DVD a few times. Uh, they are once again going to do a Blu-ray and in the process last month in 2021 in March Oh, wow. 2021, they announced that they actually found the original film strips, the original film. Wow. Because they thought they had lost that for a long time. So all the DVD releases that have come out in the last, I don't know, 20 years have been like reproductions of, you know, copies of copies. Mm. Um, I'm sure they did, you know, good jobs at cleaning it up, but. Oh, if, so they can take the original film and make a really nice DVD out of it. That's right. Which is how you can get the best quality is when you transfer the original format it was recorded on into a new media. Wow. A new medium. Um, there's also a widescreen version of this, but I don't know if that means they just like cropped out parts of the four, the, the TV size frame that we watched it on, or if there's missing stuff that was cut out and this show, it's like, it's, it doesn't take itself seriously. There's also apparently mm-hmm. a bunch of single frame jokes in here. I didn't notice them. Well, if they're a single frame, mm. y- you might not have picked them up or, even in the transfers of the different versions, it yeah. maybe it was lost. Mm. Um, but it's like uh, when a character runs through a wall, there's like a single frame of them as like a chibi character. Mm. And it says like something in Japanese above them, like words. It's like a very silly comic style. Mm. And I think it's just the animators just having fun, you know? Yeah. There's no other reason for that. Because it's all, you know, it's the 80s, man. Things are hand drawn. There's no, you know, 3D budget or anything. They don't have a 3D budget to blow on dice every episode. Mm. It was a movie, though. Movies typically have bigger budgets. And yeah, that secret file video. They were like, is this going to be the next Disney? Yes. Say it's going to be the next like Disney movie. Yeah, they were joking about its like its impact or its scale. Yeah. But I mean, it it's, did seem to have a lot of marketing. They were like, we called in every anime magazine editor here yeah. to promote our movie. Not to just show it to them, but to promote it. Um was it a impactful or is it a culty culty classic kind of thing? I I would say at least in the in the West with us, I think it's a cult classic. Mm. But uh, I think it was more impactful in Japan. I did see someone on my anime list suggest that uh, I have seen online at least people have talked about the trope from anime where a girl is late to school and runs with toast in her mouth, mm-hmm. and this might be the earliest. Uh, example of that in anime. Does does Aiko have powers? Like, what is up with the? I don't who, know. Who are these people? So yeah, this we, movie we, we we watched a whole hour and a half movie, and I feel like I don't really know anything except that Seiko is a princess. Yes, yeah, it felt like they were definitely. So part of it is like they don't care like who gives a shit. This is about fun characters yeah. and fighting. But it also like there was there was these like space battles and I also don't really understand what that had yeah. to do with anything. And I like the space battles, but whenever they'd cut to the people talking in the space stations, which were mercifully short, mm-hmm. I was also like, I don't care. Like my brain couldn't pay attention to it. I because- only care about the love triangle. That's the only thing I care about is like the ladies love triangle which but they could also just be friends why why can't why doesn't biko just want to be friends well it's like why does she have to take out aiko just like join their crew man well that's well, you're not the best jackie and you then, don't understand that you and, have to stomp on everyone else and then you can date Seiko if she likes you no you you have to be proactive and you got to take it mm. if people don't like you they like someone else better that person's got to go i don't like that well 
It'd be so much easier if they all just like, like, let's hang out. Let's hang out. Let's hang out and Seiko can make bentos for everybody. Maybe Project Aiko 2 is just the three of them hanging out. <laughs> um, yeah, it feels like, okay, so if you've been hearing us say Aiko and Seiko, the three main characters here are the- named Aiko, Biko, and Seiko. There's also a mysterious D character. Yeah, they're not called Deco. Yeah. I almost said ironically. I'm not sure. Well, whatever. We'll get there. Yeah. But uh, it's kind of a joke because in Japanese scripts, it's like that's how they'll call like unnamed female characters who might just be there like cheering or they don't have any lines and they're Eiko? just in the scene. You'll be like, Eiko, Biko, Siko, because it means like girl one, girl yeah. two, girl three. And so the joke is they take these nameless characters and they just try to turn them into mm. the main characters. Apparently, I also read that... Uh, the term is a reference to Project A, a Jackie Chan movie, mm. but it has nothing to do with the movie. So mm. I I don't know. It's like they took the A Co B Co and then they saw Project A and they were like, what if there was a project about a nameless anime character? Mm-hmm. But already that's that's too heady for what this movie ends up being, because I read like synopses of it and they're like, it's science fiction. There's robots. Yeah. And these powerful girls fighting. So I thought that it was going to be like, oh, this girl is like a science experiment or yeah, she's that's an what alien. I, I, that's what I thought too. I thought they were going to like reveal that Aiko is something because it seems like she has powers because she's like, she seems to be stronger than your average uh, 16-year-old girl by a lot. She knocks a person into a concrete wall that crumbles. And she's like really fast too. Like when they when they speed to school because they're late, like she, seems, she grabs it Seiko by the hand and, and she like it, it, with super speed like runs all the way across town to get to school in like a couple minutes right and they're still late and they're still um, late but she jumps she she jumps across a bunch of missiles that are coming at her to oh, reach yeah. the alien I she's guess mothership. very very agile yeah she's like Wonder Woman or Superman or something yeah um, and Jackie what I don't know if I'll well I, this has to do with her character so I'm jumping way later do you remember in one of the final scenes Mm-hmm. when she's leaving and we see her parents yes what did you think of those character designs the parents yeah i was like when the hell did she have parents i don't know right but didn't they like kind of western to you yeah so and i noticed the one thing i did catch because it did feel weird but i didn't think this but the, the newspaper says superman something something mm. they're supposed to be a joke that it's superman and lois lane are her uh parents oh and that's why they look kind of like Western comic book characters. Mm. So, yeah, it's not like they're just exaggerating a human. Like, she's supposed to be superhuman. They they get that. Um, and certainly Biko has something going on. But it's like, especially if you have characters who are powerful named A, B, and C. Where did Biko... You think they're like projects by a space yeah. lab. Where did Biko get all the robot stuff? I assume because... She had a, a Wikipedia downloaded into her brain I from the so, scientist. I have so many questions. And like Seiko, until later on in the movie, I was like, why doesn't Seiko have powers if it's mm. A and B? But then it shows her as like a princess. So I'm yeah. like, oh, right. Dumb, useless royalty that people just like. <laughs> okay, got it. Well, um, Sailor Moon's a princess, but she did stuff. Yeah. So sometimes princesses do things in anime. Yeah, but Okay. But this is the only princess. The other two are just. They know. all just they they love the princess. They rescue the princess. That's right. It's a oh, trope. <laughs> and by the way, uh, speaking of rescuing princesses, 
This movie came out in 1986, which is also when the Super Mario Brothers Plan to Rescue Princess Peach movie came out, which is the first video game anime or first video game movie, period. Um, The Fist of the North Star movie also came out Mm. um, on the same year. A number of big movies. If you look up 1986 anime, you'll see it. Um, anyway. Yeah, so it, 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 just from the synopsis, I was expecting, I, you know, I was expecting it to be silly and action heavy, but I thought like, okay, we're going to get a plot as well. And it turns yeah. out that the elements of this schoolgirl love triangle with where two of the three, A and B co, have superhuman strength and technology mm-hmm. yeah. is seemingly unrelated to the occasional throw to space crews that we have mm-hmm. of like an evil space guy who swirls wine around in a glass who is apparently a reference to uh, Captain Harlock okay, of the space like 1977 anime Captain Harlock. Right. That I don't know if it was that there's the the guys that are trying to find the princess that we later find out is Seiko. They, that at least ties into things. But then there's also some a different space station that Yeah, is, I think the good the good guys. Yeah, they like, they seem to be good, but they don't really mess with like they have nothing to do with the girls it seems like. Yeah, they don't. So it seems like the city is Graviton, I believe. And I don't know if it was, I think it was the bad guys had it a gets, ship crash there. It gets destroyed. And then the city, in the beginning of the sh- movie, this the city gets destroyed by a meteor or something. And then, si- there, and then it's like 16 years later and it was rebuilt. And also 16 years later is how old Aiko is and stuff. So it's like this meteor crashed. And maybe Aiko is an alien or something. Yeah, and I mean the thing is, because it was is, sixteen years ago, and Echo is there. So. so it wasn't a meteor; it was an alien ship that crashed, uh, and so that's how they built the city in sixteen years. It's like they built it off the technology, and mm, and the the ship itself is a building that's still really really fast. Yeah, stuff does not move that fast in real life. Um, and so you know that's kind of a trope, right? Is this idea of like a future or alien technology lands on earth and we're able to rapidly develop into a new kind of society you know Mm -hmm. you think about like terminator it's like they get this chip from the future and that lets them come up with all these new robotics or uh i think in star trek alien technology is introduced and they learn really fast from that but instead yeah it's just like a thing in this movie that they say they're like how else do you think we were able to build this so fast and then whoever those people are i don't even know we don't hear from them until way later. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think the good guys, space people, I think they just get killed. I think they just suck. Yeah. I don't know. The bad guys are the only ones we see do anything. And by that, I mean they, kidna- they kidnap Seiko. Yeah. Um, and then they lose. Um, if, if she's the princess, why doesn't she know? Like, what's, what's her deal? Why, why doesn't she remember anything? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I don't project A no. A thing. Okay. Again, you know, there's like Aiko four is, more of these. Aiko is has red hair. Biko has blue hair, and Seiko has yellow hair. Yes, they're all different, and they're all different personality types too. Yeah, Aiko is. She's like, she's not super serious, you know. She's but she like is the hero. She's you know, energetic and um, brave and protective. 
she's a hero. She's the hero type. Yeah, she's yeah, she's very like staunch. Like she's not afraid to get fired up and mm-hmm. fight for what she believes in. In this case, uh, her just being friends or whatever with Seiko. Um, but uh, Biko is sort of like a a rich snobby genius inventor. Yeah, she's really smart. Who really wants Seiko? Because apparently, when she when they were young, they were friends or lovers. I don't know. Mm. And then when Aiko showed up. She kind of stole the attention of Seiko. Well, because Aiko saved her from from a dog or something, some animal, yeah, right? Yeah, and then be and then Biko started to bully them, right? And yeah. then eventually, I guess she rediscovers them in high school, and she's yeah. like, "I'm gonna fucking break them up." Seiko it, at times is funny. Yeah, I really like that line when she sees that they're gonna fight, and and Aiko is up against a bunch of a giant robot, and she goes all right, I'm running late. I'm going to go ahead without you. And she <laughs> leaves. But a lot of her scenes, I was like, oh my God, please talk less. Yeah, she's kind of annoying. Please stop. But she's supposed to be this sweet, sweet little childish, yeah. energetic kid. Right. But a, a childish, energetic kid, you'd be like, shut up. Mm-hmm. Hang on. Well, it's it's also not helped by the fact that one of her first scenes when she introduces herself to the teacher, she just like talks like nonstop for like yeah. a minute and a half. I think it's just supposed to be fun background yeah. talk while we look at at b yeah at bco but it was really grating to me mm. um and yeah we we watched a little bit of the dub and yeah it didn't really seem that different i think the acting wasn't amazing in the dub the acting is better in in japanese it, it's, seemed it like. seems like that yeah. yeah we're not native japanese speakers but you know you heard the english dub there were some line deliveries that you were like come on it sound try hard i feel like it sounded more cartoony in english both seem pretty cartoony, yeah. but someone like B. Ko was like really throwing her all into it in Japanese, mm. you know, with her being like, and that's how I'm going to win back Seiko. I'm going to take her back from you. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow you're going to die when you face one of my robots or whatever. Mm. You know, it feels like the voice actor believes the the nonsense the character has to say. Mm. Um, So I don't, you know. That being said, it's not like this is a deep emotional story and you need to uh, watch the subtitle to get it. My initial description of Biko in my notes is King Blue Hair because I wasn't sure that because Biko, before she actually says anything, looks like a Sailor Moon villain, uh, like a boy Sailor Moon villain, because like in Sailor Moon, the boys are like kind of feminine looking with like long, like colorful hair, like long lavender hair or whatever. Um and maybe lips or whatever, like they look kind of feminine, but they're boys and they dress very frilly. Like they have like fancy clothes and stuff. And so Biko just reminded me of a Sailor Moon villain, but then she's a girl. And then she's really a girl when her, her just, she's like wearing no clothes and her titties are out. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's all talk right. About- you're not androgynous. Just, you know, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about titties for a second. All right, fine. This movie is full of eighties anime titties. Um, it starts out. It could have more. It's it's fine. Okay, it could be it's a fair it amount. It could be cream lemon. It's, <laughs> but it is not. Uh, for I don't know cream lemon. I have not seen it, but I assume there's more. A lot of people fighting in bikinis for some reason, like which is not practical. No, but I understand. It's you, what the you animators understand want. Why you got to see it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, in the dub and sub, the the scene, the first scene is in English. And it's mm. just like these good guy, these space guys talking. It's about how like the ship crashes into the earth. 
but it does that thing that I think happens in anime sometimes where when there are scenes in English, they just forget that dialogue has to be loud enough to be understood. You know, I feel like when you play with a foreign language, you don't realize when something becomes like audible. So it's just sort of like in the background talking about like, okay, bring the spaceship now down to the oh no oh my god Mm. and it it just was hard to pay attention to and i thought well they'll go back to it and clarify it later and that does not happen anyway we were talking about yeah so there's boobs like in the very beginning after well after the english scene where we see a spaceship crash that eventually becomes the city after they blow up the old one and uh we see aiko getting ready in the morning and we see yeah. her boobs, and she puts on her bra backwards at first, I think, right? And she, like, rotates it around. Right, that's how that's how some women put oh, on their bras. Oh, because you want to see the buckle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it, so okay. You put it on like that, you put you buckle it, and then you turn it back around, and you put your arms in. Right, and despite that, I know that it's, like, fan service. It wasn't, like, uh, it wasn't, like, a sexy moment. I liked it. You know? I liked it, because it showed how complicated it is to put on the, the outfit, too. Like, she, ha- she has a complicated, like, sailor school uniform, and, like, it's, like, you got to put on the, the white part and you gotta put on the like the blue kind of sailory part and like it's all it seemed like really complicated to like button everything all together um and i don't know it seemed like it was good animation for the time as well yeah i mean i think it, i think a lot of it is still a good a good animation now mm. i appreciated a lot of it especially the action scenes um mm. I definitely i could watch these people animate just a lot of fight scenes um also some of the explosions and stuff were animated really well. Did you notice, Jackie, like, did anything feel particularly realistic to you when, towards the end, the big alien spaceship is blowing up in pieces? No. Wasn't it weird how parts of it just got smaller and as it blew up and the front part stayed and then the back blew up and it kept going? Mm, I don't I, know. I didn't notice. Maybe it jumped out to you, maybe it didn't. It looked cool to me, but apparently it is partially based on the Challenger spaceship exploding because, uh, one of the animators, I think the director of animation said that some of the animators had saved copies of the Challenger blowing up. Oh, wow. And were using it as a reference. Wow. For kind of the, the order in which things exploded on that video and stuff. Mm. Um, it makes sense. Watching it with that knowledge is weirder, I'm sure. So I'm sorry to everyone who will now watch this. But uh, I can't take it back. So that's a thing. I wrote down Biko is Draco Malfoy and C is a crybaby. Yeah, C is for Crybaby, B is for Draco <laughs> Malfoy. Draco Malfoy. B is for Blue, A is for Akai, C is for Yellow. Corn. Ah, Corn Yellow. Cornflower Yellow. Is Cornflower Yellow? It's Cornflower it? Blue. Damn it. Sorry. Um, All right. So this show, yeah. It's so, And then we also do have a scene where Biko is in her rich mansion. She's in a bath. And she's thinking about how she wants to steal Seiko back from Aiko. And I think, she is she massaging her breast? <laughs> I did not notice. I think, yeah, she just got her boobs out. People said that that was like one of the first things they worked on when it was a hentai. Mm. So they like had a bath scene with a character topless. And then they were like, ah, oh, fuck it. Just put it in the movie about mm. the kids and the, the spaceships. Um, and uh, yeah, then later we get... Um, yeah, just like boobs in uh, bikinis. We do see an enemy, a very brolic woman fighting in a bikini. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that turned out to be D. That's right. D, we I thought was a boy. It was the detective. I thought D stood for detective. Um, but 
she's like a big, big lady. She's a big, strong lady. Mm-hmm. And it's strange because it has nothing to do with... I think it's supposed to be for laughs. Oh, you it know? is. Yeah, it is. So so the captain, I didn't notice this too, the captain is also supposed to be a woman in uh, men's clothing. Mm. The the captain who's like, oh, my booze, the booze is wearing off or whatever. Mm-hmm. They just drink all the time. Uh-huh. Um, which is a gag, apparently a reference to, I think, Captain Harlock that it's spoofing. That, mm. that person, that character always has wine. And mm. so they were like, what if uh, the captain was drunk all the time and could only function with alcohol? I don't mm. know. Apparently, that's also a woman. So the idea is they're all just very bulky women characters. And she's supposed to be a punchline. I wrote down... I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like, ha ha, masculine women are funny, um, or men dressed up as ladies is, is funny. But I also, I wrote down, because um, at one point, uh, Aiko is like, I think she's trying to rescue Seiko, and um, there's a bunch of, like, soldiers in, like, you know, like, spacey kind of space soldiers, you know? And, like, she goes and she kicks one of them, and it's the only woman, and I'm like... The only women can hit each other, and that's what oh, I wrote the, down the in my two, notes. Yeah, the two very '80s looking women. That felt like a reference, right? Maybe they had like kind of for the time modern haircuts and colors, and one was like kind of shorter on the sides. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just know. Like, it's like either every char- every main character has to be a woman, but also just like you, you could only fight women, and so that to me it felt like Deco maybe was supposed to be a guy, and then. Halfway through, they were like, oh, but we want them to fight and we don't want a man to fight a girl. So (laughs) let's just let's just turn him into a girl. Oh, I don't know. I (laughs) I think your cynical interpretation before was better. The idea of like, haha, it's funny when you think it's a man, but it's a woman or vice versa. I only only say that because I noticed that like, you know, she, you know, uh, uh, fights the soldiers and it just so happens that the only soldier that she attacks is a woman so it's just like oh, okay the women can only hit other women you know that's the rule interesting I'm trying to think if that's contradictory I mean because most of the characters in the show are female even uh, you know because A and B are the two that we expect to be fighting all the time right um, soldiers she doesn't directly kill but she is on the cockpit of one of the soldiers oh yeah ships, and it does blow up and maybe it was her fault maybe it wasn't Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a very funny scene later when she's falling out of the out of the fight with B and she lands on a jet's like cockpit mm-hmm. and so the guy in the cockpit is just seeing her underwear on his uh, yeah. windshield she's like in his way and he's like I can't see he makes a funny noise I don't know what it is exactly but he's sort of like ah, ah and then he blows up which was weird um, I, I read that um, people have called the director of this uh, Katsuhiko Nishijimin? What the fuck is it? I don't know, Mark. Sorry, I'm asking me. That uh, people have called Katsuhiko Nishijima, the director, uh, the panty shot god, or <laughs> the panty king, and that makes sense. Great. Because in the beginning of this movie, there's you know her getting dressed, and then there's like a panty shot. But I was like, oh, you know what though? It feels just playful. Like, yeah, it's fan service, but it's a kid being a kid. And then as mm-hmm. the movie goes on, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is for perverts. Mm-hmm whatever no it's fine it's fine yeah so they're like the movie kind of the first half is just like this love triangle thing yeah it's got some kind of loops things go over and over where like a is dragging c to school yeah at superhuman speed and this d this spy named d for detective or double agent or whatever um is like spying on them but 
we later find out she gets like knocked into a wall mm-hmm. and they do that like three times and yeah what's frustrating is they on, keep hurting her on the third or fourth time she goes all right i'm not gonna stand in the road anymore that was that was pretty <laughs> careless of me mm-hmm. and it was like no you should have done that like the second it should have been that she keeps trying to put up sandbags or stand somewhere else and they only do it like that's the third like or in the looney time. tunes yes <laughs> it's like in the looney yes. tunes where it's like i don't know it's always like some side character like and it just keeps coming back or you know bugs bunny keeps trying a different not bugs bunny i'm sorry um fucking wily coyote keeps trying a different bigger thing on yeah. the road runner and it fails different ways each yeah. time but the first two or three times it's like why would you stand there and the other loop is uh that Biko keeps confronting Aiko. Mm-hmm. Aiko keeps trying to be like, I don't care about this fight or whatever you're talking about. I just got to go. And Biko comes up with bigger robots and stuff to fight yeah. her. Um, and we very rarely will, again, touch on this alien space race that's like, we're looking for something we lost. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't really come together. It never really comes together, but they don't really intersect those two disparate elements until over halfway through the movie yeah um i wrote in my notes i was like oh 48 minutes in and we get a plot and later i'm like no, no. We, we still don't the main conflict is is the love triangle yeah yeah and that isn't quite resolved no not really i mean it seems like b co loses a and c are still friends but i does b resolve to fight again i don't remember how it goes at the end i don't know okay. yeah it kind of doesn't really end let me see oh the film ends with biko ready for yet another fight smiling as Aiko appears on the horizon yeah so basically the aliens are known they're they're from the lepton kingdom and they are an all-female race of aliens that dress up as men for i don't know hmm. for some reason uh so for laughs so transphobic and homophobic <laughs> audiences gags. of the 80s could be like, ha ha ha. Yeah. This is peak humor. Mm-hmm. People dressing up in ways I'm not used to. So is is Madi of the same That's deal? Right. Okay, so Madi is the Fist of the North Star blatant reference. Oh. She is one of the, I guess not blatant. She is one of the henchmen. She's a school child. She's a, a, uh, in school. Yeah, she's one of the schoolgirls who is going to beat up i think he i think she was supposed to like knock out seaco or yeah and and she's huge she has huge thick dark eyebrows she cracks her knuckles and she huge like huge muscles upper body very yeah. tall and her clothes ripple like like she's gonna break her clothes when she flexes her muscles i think she references uh i think there's a reference to a head exploding she's basically kenshiro from fist of the north star oh. um but she's like black She's darker skinned. I wouldn't say black. Okay, but, well, but her, she's brown. Her and D are sort of. In At that, first, I was like, "Is this like racist?" It was troublesome or transphobic or both. What's happening? Yeah, the the movie itself is like kind of just devoid of any sort of ideals that you're like. I think I'm offended, but I don't know in which way. But whatever. Um, yeah. And uh, I think it w- w- probably wasn't intentional, but it's still like, yeah, this is t- this is a this is a bad trope. Well, like, this is like the like tough, scary black woman or something. Yeah. Or the big black guy. Mm-hmm. trope. 
I, I think the 80s and 90s anime would love to do that where like after an explosion or just certain characters are darker skinned and they have thick lips mm-hmm. and both the character of D and Madi yeah. had those traits. I think to them it just sort of makes them look goofy or something but you'd see it mm. in like black coated characters in anime. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But I think Kenshiro Madi is just supposed to be a Kenshiro parody mm-hmm. but she is a little bit darker than the other characters. Okay. So I don't know. Anyway. So Madi, Ma- oh Ma- the thing about Madi too is that she had two different um, voice actors. It seemed like that in the credits, yeah. Well, no, you and you heard it because you had you had uh, it sounded like one voice was doing all like the grunts, like the like oh like like punching and stuff, and that was like a very like manly voice, and then you had someone doing like a cute voice for her. I think right, it was like a. It was, it was, like, I think it was a, a feminine uh, it was a female like, voice actor. It was like a chibi kind of voice for her. So it was like kind of the opposite of what she looks like. But at the same time, you had these very um, like adult man grunts. Yeah. So. So those, uh, the grunts were uh, by the veteran voice actor Daisuke Gori. Mm-hmm whose wikipedia i've definitely read before i don't i can't remember what it is that we've seen him for um well he was in urotsuko doji he's done a bunch of dragon ball voices and other classic stuff uh you know he has small parts in cowboy bebop and trigon and he actually uh they weren't 100 percent sure but he he seems he committed suicide in uh, 2010 um and his um his fellow voice actor said that he he was diagnosed with something that was starting to cause uh, retinal detachment which means his vision was going and so he was sort of depressed he was just like i can't read the script and i can't like work um so he was so just depressed that he couldn't uh record that he uh yeah mm. i feel like you're staring into space being like mark don't say this on the podcast <laughs> i'm just tired oh okay um so yeah i mean you know, did you need to hear this something this this sad in the middle of this podcast? No, but uh, yeah, if if it's somebody you never paid attention to before, look up the roles of Daisuke Gori and uh, yeah, you'll realize that you appreciated him probably for a while in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, and he did so many Dragon Ball voices. Oh, and One Piece, he played a character known as General Hot Dog. <laughs> so, a legacy we can all envy. I wrote down that Mari ora oras, which is what it seemed like. Uh, well, she does the ah, da, 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 which is the fist of the North Star. Okay. It's sort of a proto aura, okay. one could argue. <laughs> okay. Um, and yeah, and I mentioned earlier that the fist of the North Star movie came out the same year. Mm. Um, the best best thing about this show movie is the music, one hundred percent. Yeah, so good. The music is is really good, except for that one track. That, like I said, it just it felt like it's a lot of percussion. Like someone just figured out how to loop a bunch of hand claps, and it doesn't feel like it goes anywhere. But all the other tracks are really good. Great eighties pop. Great, yeah. great, great eighties pop. Yeah, this movie also uh, you can tell it's like anime from before the two thousands because it features some sequences that would definitely give you a seizure if you're prone mm. to seizures. There's some true just when bright white flashes when they're, when they're in the movie theater, when they're in the movie theater watching a movie that is apparently a spoof of a movie called Harmageddon Genma Taisen, which is where we saw fucking, um, the KFC guy. 
mm-hmm. Colonel Sanders is just in this movie. It comes out of the shadows in that spoof movie they're watching. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah, Colonel Sanders. Yeah, the, the, the captain who's supposed to be a reference to Captain Harlock also has similarities to the character of Char from Gundam. It's the same voice actor. According to the DVD commentary, uh, animation director Moriyama says that they'd go out for drinks when the production wrapped, like all, hey, let's go out and celebrate. And after getting a few drinks in them, the voice actor for the captain got pissed and was like, why did the character turn out to be a lady? So he seemed mm. kind of upset that his character uh, was a woman. Mm. I don't know. It's all just like, <laughs> it's like, oh, we need more jokes. Let's just make all the men women. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I hope that wasn't the seed for this. Like, oh my God. Yeah. What if? Yeah. Um, I look to see, you know, the, like I said, the, 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 the people who did the music, uh, the Zito and Carboni guys, I believe they're American, um, but it's like, it's just weird that uh, the guy who did the JoJo OVA music, which is by the same studio, APPP, also an uh, Italian name, Marco D'Ambrosio, hmm. um, but no relation. <laughs> um, but the, the two guys, uh, they don't ha- they're not like famous for being frontmen, but they have like written music and played on albums for like super famous people. It's crazy. I was looking at their career pages and it's just like. Okay, wow, that makes sense. The music is good and feels well produced. These two know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell. Um I uh I also have to say it was very nostalgic for me. We watched it on Retro Crush, an app that needs some work, but has some amazing stuff on there. Um I mean, probably a bunch of the movies we already mentioned are on there. Uh City Hunter is there. Some of the old Love Hina is there. Basically, I don't know if it's like they bought like a library license wholesale or if it's expired. They just like IP rights. They took all the VHSs that they had and they just uploaded them digitally. It looks better than that, but Mm. um, it was nostalgic for me to see that old style of subtitle. What old style? I don't that font, you know, it felt like I think it might be in yellow, but it felt like watching Evangelion on uh, DVDs Mm. or those old AVI rips. Or when, I, when we watch, you know, Love Hina and Trigun burned onto a CD and shit. Um, yeah, very nostalgic. Not like now where the streaming software puts it on and... Uh, you can adjust it. Yeah, stuff. yeah. You can change the size or whatever. Uh, one thing I liked is when Biko makes these big robots, the first single big robot she makes to fight Aiko has one of her friends in it. I don't remember if it's Ume or one of the other henchmen. But the joke, the gag there is that the robot is so complicated and full of features that the pilot can't really move to do anything with yeah. it. And Aiko just like blows it up or she just like kicks its leg off. But one of the things that's complicated in her cockpit is a deer scare, which is a piece of bamboo that I guess in rural Japanese towns they use to scare deer mm-hmm. away from their crops. Because it like turns when there's water. It's like a little water fountain. Yeah, it's this piece of bamboo and periodically it fills up with water and then taps onto a different piece of bamboo, I think. And you'll hear it in Japanese or anime soundtracks and shit. You'll just hear this like sound and that's that's a deer scare. But I thought it was funny to see running water and a piece of bamboo uh, inside of a mech cockpit. But yeah, it's funny because I wrote all these questions about the plot, you know, that I thought we'd be able to discuss and answer or Mm -hmm. I thought the show, the movie would answer 
or looking up later on the internet would answer. We just got to watch all the other episodes. Well, I think that it just doesn't intend to answer yeah. any of them. I think it's it's just for fun. It's yeah. It's a fun time. It's just for fun. And, uh, you know, that being said, there are some times where you're kind of like, what am I fucking watching? Like, why mm-hmm. is this character so annoying? Why are we in space when we don't really get told what the space is for? But it is a lot of fun. The fight sequences I do really like um, when Biko puts on that dominatrix fucking outfit and a space helmet for no reason because she's on Earth at first. Um, their their fights are, are fun and inventive. It's great seeing some of the background is just paid extra attention to for no reason. At one point, A and B are fighting and A Co turns to talk to, I think, C Co or the soldiers. And Biko is just in the background doing all sorts of weird moves with the fans mm. that have the, the, the Japanese flag on them. Did you see that? No. It was just like for no reason and they just threw it in there. Um, they also do a lot of fun things with faces in this show. Like when a character looks dejected or pissed off or something, it's like a totally different shape of the eye and stuff. Mm. Uh, so there's a lot of um, just great attention to detail and hand-drawn animation. And it has that kind of shade that is from a very classic uh era of anime uh some of the missiles i noticed were soda cans and that might be a reference to macross where there's a pair of missiles where one is a can of beer and one is a sake flask or something but it's just sort of a funny thing to sneak in there i guess um yeah the thing that 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 i definitely had questions about and jackie i remember that you and i both confirmed that it was weird was when Biko, I guess, hasn't seen the other two since kindergarten. Yeah. Since they were kids. And I guess she needs to confirm who Eiko is. And so there's a scene where Eiko saves C from a falling I-beam mm-hmm. off a construction site. And she just like punches up in the air to stop it. So she's obviously superhuman strong. Mm-hmm. And the thing on the camera says like graduate of Yoshika. Yeah. Yoshika Elementary School or Kindergarten. How? At wh- where did Biko find this tape that tells you where somebody graduated elementary school? Yeah, it's weird that is this news footage and someone burned in the lower third to say, mm-hmm. oh, she went to this elementary school. It seems like there are people there that she hired to record it or something. I still don't know who would burn that in to say... Yeah, they went to your kindergarten. It's, it's mm-hmm. just sort of funny that you see someone doing something superhuman and it's like, they went to this kindergarten. But uh, yeah, I think that's what I most enjoyed about this. There are a few moments where I laughed out loud. One of them I already mentioned when Seiko is just like, anyway, I'm going to go to school. Uh, I'll just go ahead of you. Um, that made me laugh. I did like uh, Biko doing the evil Ojo-sama laugh at one point. It's very brief, but she does do it. Oh, yeah. Damn, there were there were a few moments that made me uh, laugh. I mean, the deer scare also I, I mentioned, and yeah. But my 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 favorite parts are the fights between A and B. I like seeing A co kick through robots and shit, and and you know the walls exploding. I like seeing all those frames of animation. Um, I think I recommend this, and it's it's eighty minutes, so it really just flies by. Even if you're like, well, I want something with substance, it's like yeah, just check it out. I think it's a fun watch. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, you're not going to get your questions answered or anything. Yeah, just, don't uh, look, I, again. It's just a fun time. You can watch it casually. You can watch it while making an omelet. Yeah. You can <laughs> well, do I it. guess if you know Japanese. If you know Japanese, you can watch it while making well, an omelet. you can watch the dub. It's on YouTube and Amazon. That's true. Watch the dub while making an omelet. Yeah. But check out the sub a little bit as well, just to see. Mm. Just to listen to Seiko and say, Mark was right. 
that is very abrasive. Um, oh, right. The other part that made me laugh out loud, Jackie, you, you also noticed it, is when Seiko is up in the spaceship. She's being held as a prisoner, as a princess, and she's just sort yeah. of frozen. Yeah. And Biko flies into the glass. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a fly. Like a dumb bird. Uh, and, and then she has to figure out how to break the glass. But it's just, yeah. it's just sort of funny in this like high technology, high stakes anime action that you just see someone make the same mistake you would do in like a mall when you're like, oh, here's the door and you just walk into the fucking glass. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was a, an unexpected laugh. Um, yeah, but maybe the other uh, OVAs after this, I don't know if it was an unexpected success, but maybe they do sit down and flesh out the lore, you know, and maybe they make it seem more um, cohesive and intentional. But yeah, from what we saw, it seems like definitely check out if you want to see just some fun hand-drawn action vintage um, anime here's some banging 80s tunes yes i would listen to that music just like throughout my life yeah it's good the soundtrack is out there it's definitely on youtube it might be on other streaming platforms but uh yeah it's really uh it's it's fun it's a fun time and uh i'm really happy also i think chad was the one who showed retro crush but uh yeah it's got a trove of other stuff on there that i Mm. have been been meaning to check out or at least want to see just to say i understand the reference you just made vintage anime old anime fan Mm. who i'd probably get along with despite me not really having gotten into anime until the 2000s Mm. but uh i like this shit kind of yeah yeah anyway Good night, everybody. I'm asleep. No, not yet. Not yet. We have to, oh, we have to dismount and talk about. I'm asleep. I'm asleep. <laughs> uh, what are we? What are we going to talk about now? Talk about what we're watching next. Mm. We got to watch a th- something for your birthday. Oh, okay. We are either going to watch something for my birthday next week, or we will watch the next Patreon pick. It is TBD. Oh, we don't know what it is. We don't know. Oh, well, okay. So we just don't know what we're going to watch. We don't know what we're going to watch next week. But as always, we will probably announce it on our Twitter, which is at JJBpod. Uh, also, thank you everyone who reviewed us on iTunes. We hit 100 reviews. Uh, and despite all of those voices coming out to say something about our show, we do have a high rating. Um, it is not as though more voices meant uh, more one-star reviews or anything like that. So thank you everyone who who voted and reviewed us. Hopefully that means that uh, more people get to, uh, you know, hear the show and hear us debate uh, anime boobs or something. Yay. Hopefully more people get to hear us applauding uh, your deplorable tastes or... Um, Me? No, no, no. You, listener. Okay. Applauding your deplorable taste. Uh, or forgetting the name of a JoJo character for the 80th time. Uh, We will talk to you next week. Have a good week. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.